Window World, the official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs, presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, online at windowskansascity.com. There's really nothing better than getting emails from listeners who say, hey, that was one of my favorite podcasts, or I really like the topics you discussed today. They're right in my wheelhouse of things that I enjoy. And I bounce around all over the place and had intended by now to do a heavily a news slash political podcast on this first day of February, but it's not in the cards. There's just too many really giant names in sports making news. And as far as I'm concerned, when I do the podcast, I really enjoy these, I don't know, four or five times a year where all in one day, giant names in sports are making massive news that on other days, maybe the fourth or fifth thing that I get to here today would be the biggest sports story in America. You'd be seeing it all over, you know, Sports Center or wherever it is that you consume your sports because these are just such massive, massive names. We begin with Tom Brady. Tom Brady has retired. This time he says for good. We're not going to spend a lot of time on Tom Brady because we did the Tom Brady retirement last year, but he did a very short Instagram post, a video, where Tom Brady this morning, on Wednesday morning, said, I'm retiring for good. Then he said, we only get one super emotional essay, and I used that up last year, so I won't take up much of your time. He then just went on to thank all the fans, all of his teammates, all his competitors. 23 years Tom Brady played quarterback in the National Football League, winning seven Super Bowl titles, five Super Bowl MVPs, obviously the greatest NFL player of all time. And we'll have the argument, and we'll argue until our deaths probably who we think the most talented quarterback is. Tom Brady doesn't always win that discussion. Everybody had one from a different era. I've mentioned to you before, my dad thought the most talented quarterback he ever saw was Johnny Unitas, who certainly didn't win seven Super Bowls or anything quite like that. But everybody had theirs. Forever, I thought it was John Elway. But as I watched Peyton Manning and Tom Brady play at the same time, I thought Peyton Manning was a better quarterback than Tom Brady but was never in the proper situation. There are no shortages of people lining up now saying that Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback of all time or the best quarterback of all time, but it doesn't really matter. The only way to judge folks in sports is championships. We can assume that while Tom Brady had a great defense for many of those Super Bowls, and I think he scored nine points in one of his Super Bowl wins, couple of them, maybe he scored 17 or 20. He knew what his team was. He didn't have, there were some years that he had to go out and score 40, certainly, and he was capable of doing that. But I think there was, there was a professionalism to Tom Brady in the way that he played quarterback that he understood, especially when he was in New England. And maybe to a certain extent in the champion, in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs when he was at Tampa, that my defense has this tonight. Okay, there's no reason for me to go out here and go crazy and turn the ball over, we can run it, we can throw shorter passes, we can move the ball, we can put some points on the board, and that's going to be good enough. Maybe he learned that from Belichick. Maybe it's the way he always wanted to play. I don't know. There will be, as time goes by, people say, yeah, he won seven, but look at the defenses he had compared to other players. And that's fair, but it doesn't really matter because you don't know what Tom Brady would have done if he had lesser defenses. Would he have won seven Super Bowls? Doubtful but you can't take him away. That's for sure. So the greatest of all time, seven Super Bowl titles, Tom Brady is retiring this time, he says, for good. So that becomes our league. You're going to be bombarded with all kinds of stuff going on out there 
around the Tom Brady retirement. But we went through this thing a year ago. And I believe this time it's for real. He's out, and he's going to join Fox Sports. And they need it because their broadcast teams, well, I think they have some play-by-play talent. They've got some issues over at Fox Sports. Their broadcasts don't sound big or important anymore. Maybe Brady fixes that. Maybe they go away from Kevin Burkhart and put Kevin Kugler in there or Joe Davis or somebody else. I, I, I'm not sure. I think they'll probably go with Burkhart with Brady. And maybe it will be better. Maybe it won't. We'll just have to see how that plays out. But Tom Brady has a 10-year contract with Fox Sports now, and I think he's going to be making over $25 million a year to do a much easier job than play quarterback in the NFL. Our second big name is none other than Travis Kelsey, Chiefs tight end, who clearly made a lot of news by calling the Cincinnati mayor a jabroni, which is a great term. When he said it, I thought, wait a second, I'm not sure I know. I think I know what jabroni is. Then I thought, boy, I hope that's not racist. I thought maybe it was a knock. For some reason, I thought, well, that's a huge insult to Italians, maybe. Then I had to look up the Cincinnati mayor, and I saw he's not an Italian. And then I wasn't really sure, and jabroni is a wrestling term, or is it's used a lot in wrestling, and you're basically kind of a blowhard, a loser, if you will. And so he made some headlines with busting out the term jabroni about the Cincinnati mayor. He did his fight for your right to party thing. He did it all. Travis Kelsey did it all. And he let it all out of the bag before the game, as we discussed on the podcast last week, when he did his podcast with his brother, that he was tired of hearing about Burrowhead and all this other stuff. I mean, you could tell that Travis Kelsey had heard enough last week, and the Chiefs players had heard enough. It was up to them to go back it up. But they did that. They got the win. They weren't perfect, but they got the win. And so they have the bragging rights on that. But on Tuesday night, Travis Kelsey shows up at Allen Fieldhouse for the Kansas, you know, we're going to get into the game here. I can't call it a beatdown, but I don't know a better word because Kansas State never really had a chance. I think maybe they were up 9-6 to early or something, but then KU got between most of the night 8-14 to point lead, and K-State would cut it down to 8 a couple times, but it just never... Never, ever, ever looked like Kansas wasn't going to win that game. So I don't. it, it wasn't a beatdown. They win by 12. Beatdowns are 20 or more in college basketball. So we can't call it a beatdown, but a, a decidedly easy victory by a Kansas team that, again, Jalen Wilson had 20, but DeWan Harris busts out and has a big night. The bench was incredible in this game. The defense was the best we've seen all year. Kansas State shoots only 34%. That's the worst they've done all season long. And as I mentioned last week on this podcast, I thought the Baylor game, the loss to Baylor, uh, now 10 days ago, was the turning point for Kansas. Because I heard Bill Self, and Bill Self is, if we had a, if President Biden or somebody like that was like Bill Self, we had somebody as transparent as most college basketball coaches, by the way. They're the most transparent coaches in sports. They say what's on their mind. They don't hold back. They're still old school tough guys. They're tough on their players. They're tough guys. And Bill Self said, yeah, we lost, but we did pretty much everything better and well tonight except block out on the offensive rebounding, that they couldn't keep Baylor off the offensive glass. He said, everything else, we're, we're, we made improvement. We're, and you could watch them, and they looked better. And then they go beat Kentucky, and they look even better. So I thought this was an easy call. We've seen, we've seen Bill Self so many times now lose a couple games in a row, or in this case, three in a row, and all hope is lost. And, uh, you know, everybody I hear from, oh, they're done. It's over. KU stinks this year. 
They're not the same. They're no good. I'm like, well, they got a national player of the year candidate. They have the best coach in college basketball. They have a sold-out arena at home. I think they're going to win the Big 12. I think they've turned the corner, and they're going to win the Big 12. I think it's what he does. There's no guarantee. I don't feel as good about it this year as a lot of years because there's just more teams this year in the league that can beat each other, so that makes it harder to win the league this year. For whoever is on top, it made it harder to win the league this year because there's so many good teams. But I think Kansas will wind up on top. I have just watched Bill Self for 20 years at Kansas have teams that struggle and turn the corner. This is him. This is Bill Self. This is what he does. He coaches defense. He coaches toughness. He develops his bench. He's gone all year with no bench play. None. And used them sparingly. He used them almost not at all in Manhattan in the first game. And he said after the game on Tuesday night, we couldn't have won this game tonight without the bench. He's bringing them along. It's what coaches do. You don't play them when they're not ready. You don't lose games early by playing your young guys. You bring them along as the season goes. And then you show up on a big, important night with first place on the line or very close to first place on the line, top 10 matchup, and your bench is the best it's been all year. And people go, wow, look at that. And then they go, oh, my God, look at Kansas play defense. Did they just get every loose ball tonight? Did they play harder and out-hustle Kansas State? And people are like, who is this team? We watched them play for a week and a half, and they sucked. We counted them out. They were going to finish eighth in the Big 12. It was over. And I reminded people that it's Bill Self and it's Kansas, and they'd been there before. And since that point, the real panic. Since the real panic, yes, they lost to Baylor. But they've turned the corner. They most decidedly have turned the corner. They're a completely different basketball team today than they were three weeks ago. Completely different. They have so many different guys that can contribute now. Their defense is, is transformed. The loose ball, just the sheer number of loose balls that they pick up. The 50-50 balls are no longer 50-50 for Kansas. That's what you hope for. When you play Kansas, you hope to get 50-50 on the 50-50 balls because Bill Silfer's career is about two to one on those. His teams get about two-thirds of those balls because they're a little bigger, faster, stronger, and more athletic than you are. And they play really hard. And maybe they weren't playing that hard earlier. I don't know. I watched them play. They look like crap. They just look like an average basketball team. We saw it. But if you fell into the trap of thinking Kansas wasn't going to get better, I feel like maybe you've never watched Kansas basketball. And I, 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 and some of you are Kansas fans. This team's no good this year, but hey, we still won last year. I'm like, what? We won the title last year. It's okay. We can have a down year. What? There's two months left. Bill Self's just getting started with his team. You have to remember how long this season is. This is the longest season of everything other than soccer. Soccer is like year-round, I feel. You know, it's just, it's always on. Sporting Kansas City takes like four weeks off, and then they're back at it again. But this is the next longest season. It's a two-semester season in college athletics. College basketball is the longest season, and Bill Self knows this. And Bill Self plays for February and March. Do they win a bunch of games early? Yes, they do. And we it looks like street ball a lot of times. Yes, they go out and they play Duke at the start of the year in the Champions Classic. And it's a wild up and down affair and Kansas wins. It's kind of what they do. But they they're they can't do what they did early in the year in games like that and win in the Big 12 right now. You can't play like that and win. 
Bill Self knows that. His team has evolved. These other teams that are vying to win the Big 12, they better grow and evolve. They, they better grow and evolve. We'll see it with a bunch of these teams. You better do it. You better get better, or the other boys are going to pass you by. And that's what I saw on Tuesday night. I saw Kansas turning a corner, even since they played K-State a couple of weeks ago, Kansas turning a corner and being a much more complete team than Kansas State. When you defend like that, when you control the rim like they did, when you hold your opponent to season-low shooting percentages, you've turned the corner. That's what you do in college basketball. You know, Jerome Tang said it after they, they scored 116 points against Texas, and he almost apologized for it and said, look, I'm supposed to be a defensive coach. Our calling card here is supposed to be defense. Well, there was no defense against Kansas Tuesday night. K-State's defense is not improving in any way. They're not getting better defensively. They're not. And, and they had some real weaknesses exposed in this game. Their half-court offense isn't very good. If they can't get the ball out quickly and move down the floor or do whatever, their half-court offense is stagnant, or at least it was against a really good Kansas defense. So let's credit Kansas defense there as well. But this game really wasn't maybe even as close as the final score. I'll just say this. It was never a blowout, but it was never interesting. The game was just never interesting, and that's an incredible compliment to what Kansas has transformed into just in about two, two and a half weeks. They flat done it. Dewan Harris was really big in this game. Noel and Johnson for Kansas State had 45 points, but they took a million shots each. Their percentages were terrible. I mean, they're going to score 45 if you shoot as much as they did. They weren't in any way exceptional. Really, nobody for Kansas State was exceptional against Kansas. And you want to look at it and go, yeah, okay, KU played great defense, but K-State still scored 78. Well, yeah, they shot 8,000 free throws. The refs took control of this game again like they did the last one, and both teams, I think both teams shot at least 36 free throws. And there was over 70 free throws in the game. Hard to watch. Also hard to catch up against your opponent. When you're fouling them all the time and you're down 12, pretty hard to catch up. And it was pretty hard for KU to put away K-State and win by 20 because they were fouling K-State too. I don't like all the calls. I don't like all the free throws. I don't know what you can do about it. You can't just let them hammer each other all night. So I don't really know the out. But for a lot of people, the national story here would have been on our theme of megastars. The national story would have been Travis Kelsey. There's Travis Kelsey after his big day Sunday, the things that he said. He's at courtside at Allen Fieldhouse. He's stuffing his face. He's got some boys with him there. They're watching the game. They're playing. You got to fight for your right to party of him up on the Jumbotron. He's in the locker room with the team after the game. He gives them the pep talk. It's awesome. The players all comment. It's so great. He's going to the Super Bowl. They're trying to win their second. We're trying to win our second. It's all just so fantastic. And he did his best by not wearing a KU hat. He's a Cincinnati guy, right? He played at Cincinnati. They're coming into the league. They're pretty good in their own right. They're going to be playing against KU. I doubt he'll be rooting for Kansas against Cincinnati. But, man, pick your battles because the reaction from Kansas State fans with Travis Kelsey was terrible. And I know Missouri fans now feel the same way. They're like, that's too much, dude. It's too much. You love KU too much. You can't be my favorite chief. We don't think the same of you now. We'd loved you, but you can't do that in this town. You can't just pony up and say, these are my boys here. I'm going to ride with them. I'm going to hang out in the locker room. These are my people. If you're a Kansas fan, you love it. And you love Travis Kelsey. If you're a Missouri or a K-State fan, you're like, no, don't be that guy. 
It's different when Mahomes shows up. Uh, you know, and Texas Tech's playing there. You know, you know what he's doing. You, you get it. And we'll probably see that with Kelsey when Cincinnati plays there. But Travis Kelsey stealing the show. I thought it was funny. Bill Self said, look, I'm not going to say he's one of my boys, but I've, I've hung out with Travis Kelsey, and he's fun. And if they win in a couple weeks, he's going to be fun for a month. I thought that was a pretty good line. He said he had a couple other guys with him. Self is so honest. Again, I go back to the Biden and politics. Wouldn't it be? And you know what? Trump was like this. There's some similarities between Bill Self and Donald Trump. There are. There's many similarities, actually. And he just says whatever, he just says the truth. He just says what's on his mind. Here it is. So he says, yeah, he had another guy with him that played for the team, that used to play for the team. He goes, I don't remember his name. I don't remember who that was. The guy he brought with him, I don't know who that was. He apparently came in the locker room or met with self too. He said, yeah, at one point he came to my basketball camp in 2005, but I don't remember him from them then either. I'm like, God, I, the, the report I read is like, I don't even know who this is. That came with himself is just incredible. Some of the things he says. Yeah, Travis Kelsey was here. It was awesome. He's the best. And he brought some other flunky with him, but I don't know who that guy was. That's essentially what Bill Self said. It's just fantastic. See how we're sticking with the big names. Our final big name in football is Sean Payton. Sean Payton, the famous Super Bowl winning coach of the New Orleans Saints, is now the Denver Broncos coach. The Broncos have traded first and second round draft picks away to the Saints for the right to hire Sean Payton. This has got a lot of layers to it, folks. Why did Sean Payton want this job so badly? Well, Sean Payton said that it was all about ownership, and he said that all through the process. But when he went on a second interview, he thought, uh-oh, he's serious here. Why would you want to be in the Chiefs division? What is so attractive about the Broncos' job when the Chiefs are a juggernaut? Of course, there's a lot of money. Of course, it's a great place to coach and live and all those things. But did you know Sean Payton was the Broncos' second choice? The Broncos tried to hire D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator from San Francisco, who has taken the Houston job. D'Amico Ryans is African-American. You will not hear a lot of stories out there about how the black coach turned the job down first and then the white coach got it. You won't hear that much in the reporting of Sean Payton to Denver. D'Amico Ryans wanted the Houston job. It's where he played. And hang with me. Because you're immediately thinking, how crazy is D'Amico Ryans wanting to go to coach the Houston Texans? All they got to do is phone in his rookie season here with a really crappy football team, which they will certainly have. And D'Amico Ryans and the Houston Texans will be drafting Caleb Williams out of USC. And he appears to be the next big thing and maybe really, really, really big thing. And I think that's what he's thinking. Does Sean Payton think he can go out and lay an egg and go 2-15 and 15 at Denver and get that draft choice? I don't know. I think it would be pretty obvious in Denver that they were tanking. It wouldn't be as obvious in Houston. It should be much easier for Houston to tank the season and get the number one pick and go get Caleb Williams for USC than it would be for Sean Payton. Sean Payton, by the way, his record is almost identical to Mike McCarthy of the Cowboys. They couldn't be more identical. Wins, winning percentage, years, one Super Bowl, all that, the only difference is Sean Payton, one of the all-time cheaters. He was the head coach during the cheating scandal in New Orleans and is, and to this day remains the only coach in NFL history suspended for an entire season. So I'm not a Sean Payton hater. I'm not a Sean Payton lover. But I'm going to ask a question you probably won't hear anybody ask in the media in Kansas City or think about. It's just the way I think. 
because I cannot figure out why Sean Payton wanted the Broncos job. I just keep going back to why do you want in this division? You're going to play against Justin Herbert. The Chiefs are what they are. Russell Wilson looked like he's at the end of the line. Like maybe he doesn't have a lot left in the tank. That's not to say Sean Payton doesn't think he can fix Russell Wilson. He does think he can fix him and scheme the offense and be better. And they will be better under Sean Payton. Don't get me wrong. They will be better and they will win more games. But I started thinking, why is he taking the Denver job? And I'll just ask this question. Is it possible he knows something about Andy Reid that we don't? I think it's a legitimate question, and I wanted you to hear it here first. Is it possible that Sean Payton knows something about how long Andy Reid is going to coach and made this decision? Meanwhile, Mike Kafka, who I thought was the heir apparent here in Kansas City, is the Giants offense coordinator, is interviewing in Arizona, and he's crazy if he takes that job. I'm just going to say it. Kafka's insanely crazy if he doesn't wait a couple, three more years and see if Andy steps down. Or what if Andy wins the Super Bowl next week? Is it possible that's the end of the line for him? I don't think anybody's even thought of this. We're talking about a coach who was rushed to the hospital after a game last year with a heart problem. That's clearly been overweight for quite some time, getting up there in years. Andy may coach 10 more years. I'm not telling you I know anything. I'm asking why did Sean Payton do this, and is there a chance that he knows something that we don't? And how different would the division be if Andy Reid were gone? If Andy Reid won the Super Bowl in two weeks, and two weeks after that said, I'm retiring, I'm out, and the Chiefs hired Mike Kafka to come in here and be the head coach, now, how do you look at the division? I, I, just honest questions. I'm only asking, because Sean Payton and Andy Reid know each other very well. Very, very well. And talk. Does Sean Payton know something we don't? I'm not saying he does. I'm asking the question if it's possible. We want to welcome a new sponsor to KKHI. His name is Doug Horn, and he's he's such an ethical and smart man. I've spent a little time with him over the last, uh, we've had a couple of meetings and some phone calls and I've gotten to know him, I think a little bit. You may recall he was on the podcast last summer on Flag Day. He's an American historian. He loves the flag. He loves the constitution. Doug Horn is that guy and he is serious about it. He has Civil War flags in his office. I mean, he's just a, tremendous American and believes in America. And then we did the driver safety. He had that driver safety book for teenagers on how to teach your kids to drive. He still has that. You can download it free. And Doug said, you know what? I I had such a great response of people who got the book and everything. How about if I came on as a sponsor and you let people know exactly what it is that I do? And it's pretty simple. If you've ever been injured in a car accident or know somebody that has, you know how devastating this can be to you and your family. I went through it when my daughter was in a very serious accident a few years ago, it's overwhelming. It is the only thing you think about. You think about the safety and the health of your child or your spouse or yourself when these things occur. And many times you're vulnerable and you don't think about your rights or the right thing to do or decisions that could affect you down the road with long-term medical care or if you've had concussions, the effects of that years down the road. And that's where Doug Horn comes in. 
especially with concussions from accidents. He really is the first person you should call after everybody's health is secured, after you're alive or stable, as it were. He's a low-key professional. You're not going to see him outwardly doing a bunch of wild and fancy advertising campaigns and things like that. He works in Kansas and Missouri, and I think he's probably the best there is. I can't imagine anybody. He's 32 years in the business, Doug Horn. He's seen absolutely everything, including very special types of cases. He's got a great track record of success in special cases as well. Over the course of his law career, he's personally handled several thousand Missouri and Kansas car, truck, and motorcycle accident cases. He knows the area of law in both states backwards and forwards. Highly rated in review. It's hornlaw.com is where you can find him online, or you can call Doug's office, 816-795-7500. Here's where Doug is different. You call him and speak with him on the phone, and it's free. Sometimes you just need guidance. And he'll say, well, there really isn't something here. Here's a, a professional you should go speak with about your health condition or what happened with you or an insurance claim for your car or whatever, and it's not necessarily a legal or, or an injury law issue. He wants to be your advocate. He wants to guide you. He was so impressed with all the listeners of this podcast. He's like, I will, I will help any of these people any way I can, even if it's not for me. He may send you to someone else. It's the way he works. Doug Horn at Horn Law. Make that call and get his guidance. Let him be your advocate when something bad happens to someone in you or your family as it pertains to an accident. 816-795-7500. That's 816-795-7500. Doug Horn and Horn Law, both highly rated and reviewed. Hornlaw.com. Welcome aboard as a sponsor, Doug. We're going to list you up on the KK list as well. So if you never know where to look or where to turn, uh, you can always go to the KK list and see all of our sponsors all in one place. And we certainly enjoy having that resource for you and the resource for them to reach you as well. Horn Law, now a sponsor of Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Welcome aboard. Our fourth big name, we've gone through Tom Brady, Travis Kelsey. Well, you know what? Bill Selt was in there too. That counts. We were talking about a game or anything. Sean Payton. Our fourth big name is Steph Curry. And Steph Curry, th- again, if this was like a quiet midsummer day where like just baseball is playing or something and there wasn't all this other stuff going on, this would be a big story. Steph Curry lives in Atherton, California, which is not far from San Jose where I was this week. It's a little northwest of there between San Jose and San Francisco. It's Silicon Valley. It's the richest zip code in America. Atherton, California, you may not have heard of it. The richest zip code in America. Steph Curry has a $30 million mansion there. This is Joe Biden supporting Steph Curry. This is Steph Curry and the Warriors who refused when they won the title and Trump was president to go to the White House. This is the dude that supports his policy. All the Biden policies he supports. Loves him some Biden and some liberal Democrats. Oh, but he and his wife sent a letter to the city of Atherton saying they believe that the state and the city should step in on behalf of his family's safety and privacy, which is their top priority, and stop a project of what they call low-income housing near them. They want the city to build a fence and a wall and landscaping around their home where strangers can't see the home, take pictures of the home, or see their way in. They think the state and the city should, they think the government should do this for them. 
Yeah, I, I, there's no no crap. There's, I'm not making this up. I'm not making the story up. He's got a $30 million house and he wants state and local assistance for safety and privacy as his top priority for him and his family because California is getting dangerous. About an hour away, hour and 15 minutes away, he has another $30 million house at Pebble Beach. I saw it with my own eyes. He lives two doors down from the owner of the Warriors. Steph Curry was the fifth highest paid athlete in the world last year, and he's still got plenty of years left. He's going to make hundreds of millions more, plus he does all the endorsements and everything else. I don't like the guy. I don't like the way he chews his mouthpiece. I respect him. I respect his game. I respect his winning and all those things. I do. But you just kind of get to know these guys over the years, and you just decide you don't like them. I don't want him to be my neighbor. I don't think I'd like his politics. I think he looks like a punk ass out there chewing on his mouthpiece the way he does. He looks cocky and arrogant and privileged and everything you would ever think in an athlete. I've only been around him a couple of times, and that was at a golf tournament in Lake Tahoe. He carries himself like he's the most important, precious guy in the room. That's who he is. That's who he is. And so they feel like they can just reach out to politicians and get whatever they want. And in this case, the guy with a $30 million house wants a free fence and landscaping. Okay. He wants the state to do it because he doesn't want this low-income housing to be built near his house. He's worried about that element of people. Rick DeGolia is a councilman in Atherton, and it sounds to me like he's, this is probably a very conservative area, to be quite honest. There are pockets, obviously, there that most of the place is not. If this is the highest zip code, there's going to be plenty of conservative people in this. Pebble Beach is insanely conservative. So this place, I'm going to guess, has a lot of conservatives, and it doesn't say, but I'm guessing Rick DeGolia on the council is conservative because he fired back at Steph Curry, and apparently they released this. This was a private letter. This wasn't supposed to get out. This was supposed to be a private issue. You send something you think is private to the government, and you're Steph Curry asking for something free, there's going to be somebody that is insulted, and they're going to leak it. And they did, and they've leaked it on his ass, and I'm glad they did because he deserves to be exposed for the absolute and utter fraud that he is. We can't close our border, but he wants the city and the state to build a wall around his property for his safety and privacy. But we're not worried about border towns and the people coming in. No, that's Joe Biden. Biden says that's okay. We love that. Rick DeGolio, the city councilman, had the line of the year. The housing they want to build is like townhomes. And they're going to be expensive. They're not going to be $30 million each, but they're going to be expensive. DeGolio says, he, he basically said this is a joke, and he blew up Steph Curry. And he said, quote, low-income housing is not possible in Atherton. The land sells for $8 million an acre. <laughs> so where they want to build this low-income housing, where they want to build the low-income housing, this is not a government project. It's not the project's. Sitting the feds that housing and urban development going in. No, there's a, a private commercial real estate enterprise here taking place. They're in it to make money. They're buying the land at $8 million an acre, and Steph Curry considers this low-income housing and is worried about the, what, derelicts that are going to move into a million-dollar townhome? I'm going to buy a townhome for a million four, and, oh, we can't have those paupers around us. Oh, my God, do the Currys look bad here. It's so typical of these elite liberals. They just have no bearing on anything. They have no compass. 
really, it, it, it's, it's beyond, because I don't think he's an immoral guy. There's a lot of people in that party that are freaks when it comes to morality. We know that. But, I, but a lot of them aren't. This guy's ideological in what way? He thinks that Republicans hate black people, clearly. He must think Trump's a racist and Republicans are racist. And I give him credit. He spends enough time in the gym shooting baskets on his own that he probably doesn't, he's not smart enough to know this stuff. But man, where does your compass point when you have a $30 million home and they're, they've got land at $8 million an acre that's been purchased and they're going to build some condos or townhomes there and you think that your safety and privacy is infringed upon because this is going to be down the street from you somewhere. I mean, this is just remarkable, folks. This is remarkable, absolutely insane privilege. This is liberal privilege at its worst. It's exactly what it is. It's much more dangerous and sicker than white privilege. And he's half white. So let's just not, let's not even call him black. Let's not call him white. He's an American. He's a liberal American. Better way, liberal American athlete. Uber rich, elitist, liberal American athlete. There's no reason to label him by skin. I wouldn't know how to label him. I don't know if he's white or black. I don't know what you call someone whose two parents, one was white and one was black. I don't know what you call him. I don't know. I, I don't want to call him anything. Rather just call him American or human being. So this is an elitist, wealthy, superstar, liberal athlete, human being in Atherton, California with a $30 million mansion. And he wants, he supports all Democrat causes, but he wants the government to build fencing and landscape around his house for him. Steph freaking Curry. Ridiculous. KKHI is brought to you by Fry Orthodontics. I got a nice text from Dr. Jeremy this morning. He is interested in speaking with and meeting my friend Tim that I went to the golf trip with. Uh, Tim's a new friend of mine, but he's a dentist. And so it was uh, nice that Jeremy reached out and said, hey, I'd like to meet him. I'd like to talk to him. I said, very cool. That's the way Fry Orthodontics works. They love to work with multiple dentists all over the city to get you the very best care. Fry Orthodontics has 13 locations in our area now. So there's one near you. And you can get the perfect smile for life. I, I, one of the words I would use to describe... Uh, Dr. Je Dr. Jeremy is thorough, but he's also diligent. Like he's on things. He, there's no T's that aren't crossed. There's no I's that aren't dotted. It's just right. And every Fry Orthodontics location operates that way. And I think you're going to, you're really going to know that you're in the hands of tremendous professionals that really know what they're doing. If you call Fry Orthodontics, the first consultation is absolutely free. Just mention KKHI. Invisalign is the same price as braces. What the heck's wrong with all that? Sounds like a good plan to me. Fryorthodontics.com. Your smile is just the start. Back Nine Development, online at back9development.com. TJ Vilkanskis is a private and commercial developer. He builds homes, but he's also built condominium complexes like the uh, Solheim at Grand Mere and other locations. He does some commercial buildings as well. If you have an investment idea, if you have an investment group, and some land, and you're thinking about building some low-income housing near Steph Curry, TJ's the guy that could put the whole thing together for you. There you go, TJ. Let's go to Atherton, California, and buy up some land at $8 million an acre and tell everybody we're putting low-income housing in here. <laughs> TJ's a little smarter than that. So if you'd like to build, if you'd like to build something dreamy, and you want to see what he's all about, go to his website and check out the portfolio. Back9development.com. back 9 Development.com, 785-236-0161.
And of course, Jocelyn's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch. We're a couple of weeks away from Valentine's Day, guys. Get in there. They got great gifts for under 100 bucks. Really great gifts. Or if you want to do something special, you can certainly do that for Valentine's. Or maybe you have an anniversary or birthday coming up and you just want to tell her you love her. It's a great way to do that. Visit Jocelyn's Jewelry. Dave and Cameron are in there every day. Gary's in usually on Wednesdays and Saturdays. There's no commissions. It's all family. It's a throwback. You're going to love the service at Jocelyn's Jewelry. 95th and Antioch, the jewelry you'll recommend to your friends and family. All right, well, we got three more big names that we're going to hit, but we have one more sports nugget to toss in before we move on to the news portion of the podcast. The Big 12 football schedule came out, and the four new schools are in there. Those are Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and BYU. The odd, I think the odd thing for most fans right now, and this would apply mostly to KU and K-State fans, as they looked at their schedule is, we don't play everybody anymore. We, we, and so you look and you go, who do we play? And now there's the, the first thing I looked at, I started looking team to team. Who got the great schedules here? Who got the bad ones? It's much easier to spot a good schedule, I think, than a bad schedule because you don't, I, I, just, I just think that's easier. For example, Kansas State doesn't get BYU or Oklahoma. I don't think they play Cincinnati. They got Houston and Central Florida, I think. Not that that's a cakewalk, but Cincinnati's been really good for a few years. So, And they've got Oklahoma off the schedule. Now, a buddy of mine's like, hey, we don't have to play Oklahoma. And I texted back and I said, or Oklahoma doesn't have to play K-State. I'm not sure that hasn't shifted. I'm, I'm not sure that Oklahoma's as good as K-State right now. New coach, every, a lot going on there. So did Kansas State catch a break by not playing Oklahoma, or is that a bad break? That game theoretically would have been in Manhattan because they played in Norman this year. I don't know. I think a lot of K-State fans love to have Oklahoma in Manhattan next year. Schedule is out. Go find your favorite team. Take a look at it. Not a lot of it makes sense, but Texas and Oklahoma will be leaving. They'll be back down to 12, and they'll come up with something sensible at that point and have 12 in the Big 12, right? 12 in the Big 12. Sounds pretty good. It's 14, which is the goofiest number of all. Is not good. So there you have it. All right, back to the big names. We will start big names with Joe Manchin the senator in West Virginia. Joe Manchin is, we got a couple of years here, where he's essentially a Republican in the Senate. The problem is the Democrats have it 51-49 right now. So if it was 50-50, Manchin would be the guy. The whole thing would be unbreakable. But right now, it complicates things because the vice president can break the tie. Manchin essentially is making the Senate right now 50-50. But the Republicans so far are pretty smart. They're coming up with bills that are, they're forcing people on the left to vote yes for. There are just certain things out there that you just can't not go with, at least a handful of Democrats in certain places. But Manchin's going all full-scale moving right because he's up for re-election. He says he hasn't decided he's running, but if you look at what he's been doing and the things he's supporting right now, they're all Republican initiatives. It leads me to believe he's running. He wants to come back. Maybe he has to switch parties even. I'd say we take him in. He might be the most moderate of all. He can't be much more moderate than Mitt Romney and some of these others. I say we just take him in. He may have to switch parties to win if he wants to stay. And I think he should just do it and say, look, the left has left me and I'm switching to the Republican Party and and run that way. And I think they may. He is now co-sponsoring a bill against woke investments. Joe Biden has this ESG climate investment rule policy. It basically says your 401k, you invest, you, you know, your, your people that have your money or 
run these mutual funds or who invest with their fiduciaries, their responsibility first is to you. That's, that's their job. Their first and foremost, their responsibility is to you. Well, with the Biden initiatives and the rules that he's put out, the first thing with all of these funds and the stocks that they put in them, the first thing is to be climate aware. And that is not a fiduciary. And Manchin hates it, and the Republicans hate it. And let's go. Let's, let's make that illegal. This needs to be a case where these people, that if they're running investment funds, and they're representing you, and their sole purpose is to buy and sell commodity stocks, whatever, in funds to benefit you, they should not be allowed to make their decisions based on climate. That doesn't make sense. It's, this is about profit and loss. Which companies are run the best? Let's invest in those. Let's make the most profit and let's let your 401k grow. That's what their business is. Their business is not carbon emissions. And boy, there's a lot going on on this front. It's good to hear Joe Manchin is on board. So we would certainly welcome him on board. And it's a good thing because Joe Biden, the president, I mean, I really wish like Manchin, you know, maybe he's going to run for president. I don't know. Manchin may try to take some kind of a middle lane. It's possible. It'd be interesting. He, he, Definitely seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders, but he caved at the end and went with the Democrats on the big spending bill. So in that way, he's like everyone else. He caved because he's really rich too. And all the lobbyists and all the people give him a lot of money and he wants that to keep coming for himself, certainly. But he looks good compared to Joe Biden. Joe Biden has said this week, climate change is more dangerous than nuclear war. He said it's the single biggest threat on earth now, which is bigger than, we are on the brink of nuclear warheads being used by Russia in Ukraine, and Joe Biden says climate change is more dangerous. He also got the date wrong on the end of COVID. They set the date at May 11th. He called it May 15th. They're kicking Kamala to the curb. We can all see this happening, that she's on her way out, and I'm going to call it right now. I don't need any more time on this. I don't need any more time. There's a book out and a book tour and a lot going on with Michelle Obama. I'm going to predict it. I'm going to be the first person you heard predict this, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I don't have any inside information or anything like that. Michelle Obama will be the Democrat nominee for president in 24. She will win the nomination, and I'm not willing to call it yet, but she will likely win the presidency. I, am, I, I can't see how there'd be any way to stop her. I just can't, and I think they know that, and I think they're going to make her do it, and I don't think she really wants to do it, but I think she'll know the historically significant place for her if she does it, and I think she's going to, and I think she's going to win. I know I, she's definitely going to win the nomination if she runs. So I, that's all I'm predicting today. I want to see what happens between Trump and DeSantis and how that all plays out. Uh, I think DeSantis might have a chance against her. I don't think Trump has any chance against her, like zero. Uh, but I guess we would see on that front anything but Biden. He's he's clearly going to be out of here. They're They're moving away from all of this and getting their ducks in a row to get Michelle Obama to run, and he'd have to step aside for that. He'd owe that to the Obamas, no doubt about it. Cross Kitchens KC is your remodeler. I got an email from Tim and the gang over at Cross Kitchens. They're extending the free countertops. They are no longer in a hurry to do work early this year, so they're going to offer this for one more month through the month of February. If you are interested in free countertops at Cross Kitchens, get your project on the books anywhere this anytime this year. Now you can be several months out if you need time, right? Sometimes these things take a little time to plan. 
you want to get it exactly how you like it, whatever. There's no hurry on any of the jobs. If you want to get on the schedule with a qualifying remodel right now, Cross Kitchens will give you the countertops free. His margins are down on all these jobs. He will not make as much money on these jobs. He won't, but he wants to get more work on the books. A few months out, I'd make the call to Cross Kitchens, 816-898-7047. It is time for me to schedule my dental appointment with Dr. Bill Bush at North Kansas City Dental. He's an award-winning dentist. He's in a select group of dentists that has a mastership in the Academy of General Dentistry. He speaks all over the country about high-tech dentistry. He's really good. He also is terrific with sleep and breathing disorders. If that's a problem for you, more than just regular dental care, NKC Dental can handle it all. 816-471-2911 to reach Dr. Bill Bush at NKC Dental. He ought to be your new dentist. Why don't you go check him out? NKCDental.com. Love those guys. Also love my friends up at Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet Buick GMC, where you can order your new GMC right now. You look for a new truck or SUV, Chevy, Buick, and GMC have a tremendous line. This is home of the lifetime warranty, and they have a service deal right now, a $100 rebate on a set of four tires. It's money back in your pocket. If you're interested in finding out how easy it can be to get a lifetime warranty free, possibly 0% financing, and maybe they have the exact vehicle you're looking for right now, but if not, my man Tim on the showroom floor there would be happy to build it for you. Just call Tim Trader personally. He's a sales manager, 816-826-1563 or online at robertsrobinson.com. Our final big name on the big name podcast is Donald J. Trump. And here's where Trump has a chance. Trump, Trump appeals to voters in a way that others don't. And this is people who are common sense Americans that understand the real world. Okay. He appeals to them because of his policies. They, they like what they hear. That makes sense to me. Let's close the border. Let's build the military. Let's start a space force. Let's have the best economy in the world. Let's have the stock market go up. Let's do all of these things. Let's live in peace. Let's not fight wars. Let's not fund other wars. All of these things. Most people hear it and go, that makes sense. Now, maybe at this point, he's the wrong guy to deliver that message, but he said something this week in a speech in South Carolina. And he's not getting a lot of play and a lot of traction on his speeches, but he's out there in the right places doing it. And he says things of substance. That's the one thing people miss about Trump is he is filled with substance. He's got a lot of style. He's also a man, uh, uh, was a president of real substance. He said something no other Republican that's likely to run is on board with yet. Maybe they'll change their mind. You haven't heard DeSantis say this. Nikki Haley's going to announce her run. John Bolton's going to run. All these different people. Pompeo's clearly going to run. All these people are going to run. I don't understand why they're running. I do understand why they're running. They make money off of this. They make money. They raise money for their campaign. That's a lot of money that they're grifting off of. And, of course, they become a little bit more famous, which makes them more money with their job at Fox News or whatever it is they decide to do next. It's all about money. This is a two-horse race. It's Trump and DeSantis if, they, if DeSantis runs. Nobody else matters. But all these other people that could be running including DeSantis at this point, have either stated a policy different than Trump's or have not said anything on this topic. And Trump comes out in a speech and he says, look, I can end the war in Ukraine in 24 hours. Just make me president and the war is over. We will stop funding it. People will stop dying. They're going to stop blowing stuff up. 
I'm going to sit down with Putin and Zelensky, and it's over. It'll take 24 hours. We're negotiating this thing out. And, and the neocons in America are all like, oh, you can't do that. That's giving in to Putin. Okay, what are you giving in to Putin? Again, I can't state this loudly enough. The eastern part of Ukraine is filled with Russians. It's filled with people that if we had a vote, would you like to be part of Russia or part of Ukraine? It is quite possible all of these areas would vote, legitimate elections would vote to be part of Russia. We have no interest there other than money. Clearly, the Bidens and the Democrats have made money off this tiny space of earth. That's why they accused Trump of doing all this stuff. They knew what they were doing in Ukraine and how they were getting rich between the Russians and the Ukrainians. They knew what they were doing, and so they accused Trump of all of this. So even when Trump was proven that he wasn't doing any of that stuff, it seemed normalized by the time the Democrats are caught up in it. This is their pot of gold. This is their playground. This is how the liberal elites in this country enrich themselves. It's in the Ukraine and with Russia. China as well, but this is a hot spot because there's a war going on. They love the war. Trump doesn't. I don't. I don't see America's interest in this at all. And if we could put a president in place that could negotiate an end to killing people in 24 hours, isn't that more important than really anything else? Isn't life and death still the biggest thing? How did it not become the biggest thing? How did it become the not biggest thing? That's the only way I wanted to say that. How did it become less important than other issues? And Trump says, I'll do this. We'll end this in 24 hours. We're going to negotiate this thing out, cease fire, and it's over. You know what? I think he's right. I think you give Putin some of that land. You give him the areas where Zelensky knows this. He knows that so many of his residents in Ukraine that live close to the Russian border see themselves as Russians. All their ancestors are from Mother Russia. They see themselves as that. This is not that complicated. It just, it just isn't as complicated, I don't think, as people want to make it think. And, oh, that's giving in to Putin? You make him sign a deal. That's it. You're not invading anywhere else. You got what you wanted. It's over. This is the end for you. Anything else, and it's on. Okay? We recognize there's a lot of Russians here, and this was part of Russia, and you want it back. We recognize that. Give it to him. I really don't care about Zelensky anymore. I'm sorry. I think he's a brave dude, but he's a tyrant. We've learned they've been at this for a year. He's a dictator. He's no different than Putin. There will be no elections. You're not going to hear about some election, some free and fair election in Ukraine. They're not. We now have learned there's 30 bio facilities that we've funded over there where we're doing what? Gain of function research or what? Dirty bombs? I don't know what we're doing in those things. It's our money. We've been doing that in the Ukraine. They don't want the Russians to get on it. You better negotiate this thing out. There is nothing but dirty dealings in Ukraine. You can't find a dirtier dealing place than Ukraine. Zelensky has put his political opposition in jail. He has arrested people that want to run against him and put him in jail. Doesn't get reported here. He's basically closed down some churches. The Russian Orthodox churches he's closing down. He doesn't want the Russian Orthodox churches open because they're Russian. So no free religion. He passed a new law. There's no freedom of the press. There's all kinds of rules and restrictions around media in Ukraine now. So he's controlled the media. He's controlling the churches. 
He's jailed his political opposition and he's being funded by the Biden administration. That sounds like a dictator. And I really don't care if he loses 100 miles of land on his East Coast. To be quite honest, I want it to end. I want to stop sending. I'm terrible. I hate the killing. These people are crazy for killing each other. But they're doing it. Doesn't seem like I can stop that. If I can have any voice in stopping our money from funding it, aren't we doing a humane thing? Isn't that what any good human being would do right now? Say, stop sending them money and weapons. Let's end this thing. Let's negotiate it out. Trump's the only one I hear saying it. And it's why I will say and repeatedly say he is the best person for the job in 2024. Better than DeSantis. That doesn't mean I'm voting for him over DeSantis. I'm just not sure Trump can win. But my God, if he had four years unencumbered by anything, no reelection, nothing, he could tear down the deep state establishment in Washington, D.C. I think he'd burn it to the ground. I think he'd fire everyone and start over. I think he's the best person for the job. I'm just not sure he can get the job. All right, a couple final shout-outs here. Finch Knife Company, great sponsor. You hear me talking about them all the time. Uh, another great gift idea, or I always say gift idea, get one for yourself. If you haven't tried a Finch Knife yet, get on out to Shields and check them out or go to their website, finchknifeco.com, and take a look at these. They do about six to eight new designs every single year. Beautiful collectible pieces of art or carry it every day. They come in mother of pearl, wood, bone handles, all made 154-centimeter U.S. steel blades. Keep life from getting dull, finchknifeco.com. And 360 Document Solutions, online at 360documentsolutions.com. They can help your business be a better business. Whether it's voiceover IT solutions, mailing systems, outsourcing the IT, phone systems, copiers, printers, you name it, 360 Document Solutions can make you better. Anywhere in western Missouri or the entire state of Kansas, they'll work with your business. They have people all over the state and all over western Missouri. Just call them up and say, come on out, take a look for free. If you think you can save us some money, we'd like to save some money. 913-745-5344, 360documentsolutions.com. Fun podcast, a lot of big names, a lot of big stars. There you have it uh, on this Wednesday, the first day of February. Appreciate you tuning in to KKHI. we got a handful of new patrons in the past week. I sent out for the patrons last night a patron post. We do the newsletters. And it included about a half a dozen or more pictures of the golf trip and some more information on the golf trip. And I already, overnight, I sent it out last night, already had about a dozen emails from patrons that looked at it and really enjoyed it. It's the kind of thing we do with the patrons. I don't really have a vehicle to send them to all the listeners, but I, I the way the thing's set up through Podbean, we have it. I can send things like that to the patrons. So we do the newsletter every week and we do the patron podcast. We'll be doing one of, doing one of those on Wednesday afternoon as well. We'll look forward to that. If you'd like to join, it's really simple. Just go to kkhasissues.com, click on Become a Patron. It's easier to log on and do that if you do it on your laptop or your desktop than it is your phone. That's just a piece of advice from the start. Uh, log on there and check it out. If you join this week, I will forward you the newsletter with all the pictures. I'll, I'll send it. I'll personally forward it to you. If you sign up, when you sign up to become a patron, I see an email that Kevin at KKHasIssues.com has signed up. I don't see any of your other information. I don't see your name. I don't see anything. I, I, I know nothing about you. I don't know where you live. I don't see any of that. I just get an email address. It says, hey, here's an email address. They just signed up as a patron, and then I'll just forward you the post. 
I'll send you the patron's post with all the cool photos and stuff. I think you might like it. KKHasIssues.com is the website. Click on Become a Patron, and I'll get you that newsletter if you sign up this week at Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs)